Hello, Chillinoy. Today is Friday, January 7th, 2022. My name is Cole, and I am your host. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to make a few exciting announcements. Right now, we are hosting two giveaways. You can enter to win a free Chillinois t-shirt that has been autographed by cannabis legend Tommy Chong, who you might recognize from Cheech and Chong. We're giving away multiple shirts. It's completely free to win and enter. Go to chillinois.net slash chong for your chance to enter. We will draw and contact winners on February 16th of 2022, so be sure to enter before then. If you're too stoned and already forgot the link, you can find the you can find the link in the podcast description for this episode. On January 29th and 30th, Canifest will be coming to Chicago, and I'm very happy to announce that we are sponsoring and attending the event. If you'd like a chance to attend the event for free, we're giving away two free tickets to the event. Just go to chillinoynet slash Canifest, that's chillinoynet slash C-A-N-N-I-F-E-S-T. It's completely free to enter and win. Be sure to enter as soon as possible because we are drawing and contacting winners next week on Wednesday. That's January 12th of 2022. To be clear, you can only enter once and you can only win one ticket. In other words, we're giving away two separate tickets. If you're looking for a laugh, I'm happy to announce that we are sponsoring some stand-up comedy events. The events are brought to you by Champagne Urbana Comedy. We believe that cannabis and comedy go hand in hand. Come on out to a CU comedy show, get high with us, and laugh it up. There's a show coming up on Friday, January 14th, that's in Westville, at the Fireside Event Space. If you're interested in going, once again, that's at 8 p.m. on Friday, January 14th at the Fireside Event Space in Westville. You can purchase your tickets at cucomedy.com and we'll paste the link to this event in the podcast description. If you're unable to attend the event in Westville, there are also shows that will be going on in Champaign-Urbana. On Saturday, January 22nd, CU Comedy will be at Western Bowl. Doors open at 7.30 p.m. and the show starts at 8.30 p.m. Come blaze it with us before the show. It should be a great time. You can find the tickets to this event online at cucomedy.com and the link will be in the podcast description. Enjoy this pre-recorded conversation that I had with Jordan River, who helps to host the Growcast. It's the official cannabis podcast. We're starting off the podcast. Both of us are coughing. I think that's a good sign, Jordan. Uh, yes. Hell yeah. Well, hey, welcome to the Chillinois podcast. Jordan, could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience of the Chillinois podcast? Sure thing. Thank you for having me, Cole, for, uh, to the Chillinois podcast. I do appreciate it. Uh, I'm Jordan River. I host Growcast podcast. We are one of the largest cannabis cultivation podcasts out there. Uh, super grateful to have built that on audience and also my little growing community, the order of cultivation. So I just like to educate in the field of cannabis. I grew professionally for a long time. I now grow as a hobby 
And uh, yeah, I just love plants and specifically cannabis and specifically cannabis cultivation. So I'm, I'm stoked to be here and chat with you today, man. Cool. And if you could, um, I mean, I, I figure most people can just search up on their preferred, uh, you know, search engine grow cast and, and basically find everything uh, Jordan yeah. River. But uh, can you just give us a quick rundown of where we can maybe find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Spotify uh, is probably what most people have in their pocket. If not that, then uh, Apple Podcasts, growcastpodcast.com. And of course, uh, for the order of cultivation, you'll find that at growcastpodcast.com slash join the order. Um, that's where you can find me. That's where you can find what I do in my community. And you'll probably find me around doing classes and meetups too. So, so be sure to follow us. I really love connecting with growers all around the world. Hell yeah. I saw that you do classes and stuff. I've actually shared um, some of the the classes that you did um, in in the past, so it was really exciting to be able to talk to you. For folks that haven't heard your show, um, tell us a little bit about what it is, how it works, and and may, maybe we'll transition to how it all got started. But let's just start sure. with what it is and how it works and all that. Absolutely, yeah, I appreciate you sharing the the classes, man. Um, it's been a lot of fun going more boots on the ground. For the longest time, I just put out a lot of digital content with Growcast Podcast. Um, I've been fortunate enough to interview people uh, from all over the cultivation world. I cut my teeth growing in Humboldt County, so that's kind of where it started. Um, and it's just grown into this, you know, kind of community and universe of its own. Like I said, I'm super, super grateful. Um, it is focused on cultivation. There is other cannabis talk too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is 420. Good call. I'll spark yeah. up here in, in just yeah. a second. It is it is focused on cultivation that we do some other episodes, you know, cannabis and cooking. We do some hemp content and stuff like that. But primarily, we're focused on getting people aware of their home grow laws uh, in their area, getting people started growing and then getting people succeeding as a grower and really having flourishing, beautiful, bountiful harvests. That's my goal. And the podcast is a great free way to distribute a lot of information every single week. So so that is Growcast podcast uh, in a nutshell. Awesome. And so I, I mean, I assume, you know, the, the trouble I've always had with talking about cultivation, you can talk about some things with cultivation, but um, I saw that you have a whole studio set up and I've listened to your podcast before, but I was just going to ask, do you have like a video element to your show as well? Uh, that's kind of what we do in the order um, in our membership, the order of cultivation. That's where I do cool. my weekly yeah, Growcast TV is a weekly show in there. Um, it's a web show. It's really cool. Um, and I do some video content out front. But honestly, man, and you probably can sympathize with this, I've been very disappointed with how big tech has been treating uh, our industry. And if you're not going to let me, if you're not going to let people see what I put out there, I'm very hesitant to continue to do Instagram lives um, because they throttle you. You don't get any viewers if, if they decide to, to doom switch you or shadow ban you. So yeah. that's been that's been a problem as far as um, getting a lot of video content out there. But I'm happy the podcast is big. It gets a lot of audio listeners. And if you want to come into the order and and see what we got going on, um, that's cool, too. At the time of this recording, we're actually doing a game show tomorrow for our members. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I, I do like it. I am a um, I am an audiophile at heart. I do love gear and studios and, and setting up that sort of thing. So I, I do appreciate the uh, the compliment. Yeah, for sure. Well, Hey man, I, I, let's just cut right to the chase. Cause you brought up home grow laws, you know, and we, we were talking just before we got on air that, that, you know, we have a mutual, um, colleague, I, I guess you could say in Margot Vaselli, the executive director of, um, Illinois normal, actually, Jordan, are you on the 
are you like officially on Illinois Normal? No, right? I am. I am not on the board. Um, I've been very grateful to uh, to meet Margot and speak with her. I don't know how she does what she does. I, I am very um, allergic to that kind of bureaucratic red tape type of stuff. Yeah. She's really she's really fighting the good fight, and um, I've just consulted with her. However, they recently brought on. I believe I'm not speaking out of turn. I believe they just brought on uh, John from Three Mile Farm, who's another kind of member of our team. And they couldn't have brought on somebody better to the Illinois Normal Board because uh, it's been a shit show. I don't know if you know how how crazy it's been here in Illinois. I mean, really in the cannabis industry as a whole. But if you look at the, I'm not I'm not gonna sling any accusations on this podcast. But if you just look at Chicago Normal and you kind of dig into the people behind that and what happened with the recent lotteries. Uh, forgive my language, pardon my French, but it's been nothing short of a shit show. And I am glad there are people out there like Margot who are um, fighting for legislation and having home grow in mind. I think it is the most important aspect of the cannabis industry, home grow legislation. Uh, yeah. And I think that's how I think that is how we insulate ourselves versus corporate interests and versus all of the different uh, cultivation practices that can harm us and big ag and all of this can be circumvented by home grow laws. So very grateful to have Margot in our corner. However, I am not officially on the board. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about home grow here in a second, but I do want to just say that, you know, regarding, and it's okay. We don't have to, we don't have to get into it, but regarding, uh, you know, your comments about the, the lottery and Chicago normal and everything else. We recently, just for folks that want to research it and, uh, you know, whatever else we just try to be you know, balanced and everything and try to present both sides. So, you know, you said something, we actually asked Chicago normal directly about that exact thing. So folks, if you want to hear what Chicago, I don't, I'm not trying to start this right now. You know what I mean? We'll go on to home grow. Um, but I was just going to say Chicago normal did have a a response to that. So, you know, if folks want to see that, you know, they can also, they can research what you brought up, but they can also see an actual response from Chicago normal regarding, right that whole topic. So I think it's important to bring that up anyways, though, let's move on to home grow. Sure. Um, yeah. So obviously I think the low hand, I was talking to a defense attorney, Evan Bruno, by the way, just, I don't mean to keep plugging other podcasts, but we did two podcasts with Evan Bruno folks. So if you want to check that out, it's great. Um, we talk about the fact that we don't think cannabis is truly legal in the state of Illinois. Uh, we were just talking today though, about, um, you know, the topic loosely related to home cultivation. And and one thing that he said that I thought you kind of just, re, you just said was that home grow for all is kind of the low hanging fruit right now. Like it's just something we need to do. You know what I mean? Um, oh, absolutely. ASAP, ASAP. Like it can't just continue to be medical only. It, it just doesn't even make any sense, you know? I, I, I agree. I think the two most egregious, um, if you're looking at Illinois in a vacuum, I think the the most egregious aspects are this. And I'm sorry, Cole, because I, I yeah I do apologize if I get into territory that is um, touchy. But but I am very passionate about cultivation. This is yeah. I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of markets. I've been in a lot of different states. I've seen how it goes. And and in my opinion, here's here are the parts of here here are the places where Illinois fails. Number one, the cultivator limit. 22 cultivation centers supplying one of the largest metropolises and the rest of the state. 
is one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard of. And from the beginning, that was the number one thing. Now that, that is just a footnote to me. I'm more concerned yeah. with the home cultivation. As you said, um, the two sides are, I agree, recreational, being able to grow this fucking plant, no matter if you can afford a card or not. I think it is absolutely egregious and, and very detrimental to make people pay this type of money just to legally grow medicine at their own home. And then furthermore, the, the, the kind of add on to that is raising the plant count for medical patients. Five plants is far too low. If you understand anything about cultivation, if you understand how hard it is, how hard it can be for certain people to pull off the quality of medicine that they need to feel better, uh, limiting someone to five flowering plants or five plants above five inches, whatever the exact specific legislature says, um, is, is absolutely, I, I just got to use the word again. It's, it's ludicrous. It's arbitrary. It makes no sense and it's hampering medical patients. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, so here's my thing. I agree with everything you just said, except for, and I think you would agree with this too, honestly. Um, so i just want to make this a discussion, uh, the limits, like I, I, I struggle and I wonder why, limits have to stay around and the the common response i get is that it's just a conservative move to help the pearl clutchers accept the legislation that we're trying to accomplish right i oh, mean when it gets yeah. down to brass tacks um but here's my thing no, like that, yeah oh go ahead go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say that is an important distinction i i guess i'm speaking kind of pragmatically ideally sure. of course i think there should be no plant counts uh, if you want to talk, if you want to talk idealism, I believe in, you know, uh, the use of psychedelics for medical research, all sorts of crazy stuff. But as far as like real pragmatic stuff that I feel like could be changed realistically, because you're right, they're never going to get us unlimited plant count. That's never going to happen. They feel yeah. too threatened um, again because because of the big industries, these kind of vanguards that that patrol our economy. And I got news for you. Big cannabis is right up there with them now when you make it so expensive to even let's say enter a lottery in order to right. win the right, um, you are only allowing those with a huge checkbook to enter. You're excluding virtually all of the legacy growers when you do that. You're paving the way for Cresco and GTI and these types of companies, which is fine. But if you go and take a look at a different, uh, different state like Oklahoma, where it's $2,500 for a license across the board and you can vertically integrate for $10,000, that's where all the good growers are. That's where all the people I look up to moved to to grow quality cannabis. Uh, that's where real kind of free market capitalism, if you subscribe to that sort of thing, um, it, it looks more like that than it yeah. does here in Illinois. So, yeah. but but yeah. I agree, man. Plant counts are all fucking arbitrary. We should we should be able to grow this thing. I, th I think we lose sight as it becomes a legal commodity. We lose sight that it is a plant. It grows from a seed. It's not that hard to grow it. It's hard to grow it perfectly, but it's not that hard to grow it well. Uh, and you should be doing it. If you like smoking, you should be growing. Absolutely. It's really, it's just like, if you like tomatoes, you might as well grow tomatoes in the summer. You know, it's really, <laughs> it's really not that hard and you can grow some delicious tomatoes at your home with very little effort. Same, <laughs> you you growing veggies yet? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's funny. Cause you're a home grower yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I, I see it time and time again, people start growing cannabis and then the next thing they know, they start, start growing herbs and they start growing tomatoes. Like you said, yep. <laughs> that's the gateway drug right there, dude. It's yeah, funny it's, stuff. Hell yeah. Well, Hey, I want to get to free market versus limited market. That's another topic you just brought up, but let's, let's stay on home grow. It sounds like we agree, you know, optimally, no, no limits on, um, of course, uh, plant uh, count, cold, plant count. Hell yeah. I think, and here's actually. Here, one of the strongest things about our medical cannabis law, our medical cannabis cultivation law, 
um, is that we are what's known as a keep what you grow state. That has got to stay if we allow all adults to use. In other words, there's no possession limit at home. You just have to make sure that quantities exceeding 30 grams, they have to be, quote, secured uh, by definition of the law. Um, that's, that's gotta stay. That's super important. And I want to put that out there. You know, when we talk about, you know, everybody getting the right to grow, they also all need to get that right. Because if we don't do that, what that ends up resulting in, it could set up, uh, you know, a system where police could like basically audit your grow. Hey, I don't know. You might be growing over your limit. Who knows? We got to just check, you know, and that we cannot, we cannot set the stage for that. It's absurd. And, And I got news for you, man. You know, there's a lot of people who listen to my show, a lot of guests on my show um, who were doing this long before it was, before it was legal. And the reason is, is because the medicine helps a lot of people. That's the majority of the time why these people were doing it because them or loved ones were sick. And that's what we have to keep in mind. It's not what the legislators had in mind with Illinois home grow laws. I'll tell you, if you're going to put in limits, if you're going to have these types of regulations, the most compassionate version of that is a caregiver program. Caregiver programs are, they make the most sense for appeasing everybody. This is where basically everybody who has a medical card has a plant count, but you're allowed to transfer your plant count. So currently in Michigan, even though they're trying to repeal this in Michigan, you can say, hey, I'm a sick old person. I don't know how to grow. I don't want to learn how to grow. I don't want to lift heavy bags of soil. I'm just going to give my 12 plants to this cooperative that's growing hundreds and hundreds of high quality organic plants. And they're going to basically provide the medicine for me. That is the most compassionate um, model. Now, where's the tax money in that? That's why you don't see it in a corrupt state like, like Illinois. And listen, you know, I, I've been in this state since I was six years old. Um, I moved to Humboldt County for some time in Portland and stuff, but I mean, I've spent years and years in this state. And you got to admit, um, you got to agree with me on this one, Cole. We have a rich history of corruption here. I mean, back to Al Capone and, you know, the more famous incidents. But my God, this state is, it has a deep, rich history of corruption. And I worry that there's going to be no progress in the cannabis industry and they're only going to work backwards and try to repeal these things. That's that's the cynic in me. And that's what I worry about. And um, at that point, you you know, I would never encourage anybody to break the law. But I understand those such as myself who say, fuck it, I'm going to grow this medicine to help me. And and we're back to square one, essentially, through through uh, regulation instead of through illegality. Yeah, they're going to do it through legislation and and legality. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, hey, before we get off this subject, I, I think it's just important to bring up the the law that legalized cannabis in Illinois and and um, in effect legalized home cultivation for medical cannabis patients. Um, in the first two points, um, my favorite one is in the interest of the health and public safety of the residents of Illinois, the General <laughs> Assembly further finds and declares that cannabis should be regulated in a manner similar to alcohol, right? And it's just crazy because it's not at all uh, regulated in a manner similar to alcohol. In fact, the Chicago Sun, uh, I think it was the Chicago Tribune, they recently did a story. I think I talked about this on the podcast already. So folks, if you've already heard me say this, I'm sorry, Uh, but I believe the Chicago Tribune did a story about the fact that in Illinois, Cannabis is regulated tighter than opioids, actually. <laughs> I don't sure. did you see that story? I did not so, catch that story, but that doesn't Yeah, basically me. if you're like an opioid, like they did a whole like if you deliver opioids to like Walgreens or whatever, you can literally just throw the package in your front seat. But Illinois regulations for like cannabis, it's gotta be like in the back of a truck 
in a locked compartment inside the truck, double locked. Nobody can ever be like outside. Of, there's like so many different regulations that like don't even apply to like really serious drugs that were like, right. you know, being shipped all over the state right now. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. There's so many things that are wrong with the regulatory uh, bodies and the and the regulatory processes that we have, specifically but, the testing. I'm sure yeah, you yeah, talked testing. to Margo about that. I, I'm right. You had to have talked to her about testing. Did you get on that subject with her at all? Absolutely. Well, and I mean, testing is something that that we've been we've been talking to Tom Shuba about and and other uh, labs, you know, and I don't know if you saw the story that broke last week. I'm not sure when I'm going to release this this particular podcast, but the story that uh, dropped on 12 10 on the Chicago Sun-Times about, you know, contaminants that have been found in Illinois cannabis, you know, basically cannabis products that were that that were said to have passed tests they actually took them back to the lab and they failed tests <laughs> so it's like the, the moldy pre-rolls you're talking about the moldy pre-roll story absolutely yes yeah, that yeah yep. that doesn't surprise me at all that yeah. that does not shock me and it's it's been happening and it's going to continue to happen i got news oh, for you man i got news for you these cultivators are not good at cultivating they yeah. are again when you, when you set the bar this high and you only get these these corporate people you don't get any of the good legacy growers i have members of my community who shall remain nameless who work at these big cultivation facilities and tell me what goes on there man you would not believe it uh, i mean it really doesn't like it doesn't surprise me like i said that this is happening but just that it's happening across the board. I've had these people tell me they're spraying pesticides. They're not sp supposed to spray anything on their pesticides. They're rushing the dry and cure process so that they can get oh, yeah. this out the door as fast as they can. That's going to risk mold. Um, they'll shut off the security cameras to bring in genetics because you're not supposed to bring in outside genetics. Of course, you're going to. Listen, man, uh, again, these are, this is, this is, these are people who have come to me in anonymity saying these people People were watching the same how to grow YouTube video series I was watching, but they were a week behind me. This is no shit, man. So that's going to continue to happen again. Why we need to protect home grow laws. And that's just basic stuff, man, like powdery mildew on your buds. You got to learn that as a cultivator, learning how to dry and cure properly before you, you process your cannabis. Um, that's just a learning curve, which most growers know who have been doing it for a while. But again, you get these new people put in because they're the big money players and they don't have experience and, and that's what you get. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, what you're seeing is big business and big agro like tech being applied with, with remediation technology and everything else. It's no longer like a craft operation. It's like, let's grow as much as we can and get it out as fast as we can. So oftentimes it's just like you say, an all around rush processed, usually the process, the products are remediated before testing. Cause they're just like, I don't even know. Fuck it. Let's just, yeah, it's I've terrible. heard all of those crazy things. It's terrible. Yeah. And when you smoke your own homegrown, you'll never go back. You'll literally Absolutely. Never go back. And in, the, and in the spirit of homegrown, this is why I brought up that point out of the law, you know, in the interest of the health and public safety, we, the general assembly finds and declares that cannabis should be regulated in a manner similar to alcohol. Okay, well, let's look at homebrew law, homebrewing laws, right? And depending on the state, you can you can brew up to like a hundred gallons of spirit. Yep. Now That's in other states, other states you can actually you can actually differentiate that per spirit. So let's say you're you're like brewing a beer, but then you're also uh, you know distilling. Well, I guess distilling is different, but maybe you're also fermenting a wine or something like that. Um, the point is, is that your, like your limit applies per 
um, spirit. So imagine if we applied that same logic to home grow cultivation, like your limit only applies per strain. I still think we should ban limits altogether, but if we're, you know, if we're talking about regulating it in a similar, a manner similar to alcohol, well, that means first of all, possession limits have to go because there's no possession limit like with alcohol. I mean, you can go to the store and buy as much as you want. We talk about this on this, on the show all the time. No possession. There's no such thing as a possession limit with alcohol or cigarettes. Um, yeah. Kills tens of thousands of Americans every single year. I, I understand. I, I totally understand what you're saying. You're using their own words against them, um, but they don't care about health and safety, man. This is right. the classic political move. And I don't get, if you listen to Growcast, I never get political. People sometimes write me and they, they say, you know, either you never talk about it or I think you lean this way or that way. The reason is, man, I've lived in a lot of states. I don't like any politicians. I don't like yeah. any of them. Never met one I liked. And when you read that first line in the issue, in the interest of public health and safety, that's a lie, dude. That's yeah. a lie. If it was interest in public health and safety, it would have been done long ago. They're doing <sighs> it now because they want the money. Uh, they're, they're greedy politicians. This is what they do for a career. And uh, again, I'm, I'm sorry if, you know, someone's listening and they're, Family member is a politician. I, I apologize. Don't mean to offend no. you. Never met one that I liked, and you're using their own words against them. But my thinking is they're liars. Yeah, uh, that's what I believe, anyways. Yeah, yeah, and I my spirit more is more so is it just seems like. Uh, but I guess you're 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 right on. I mean, it comes down to it. It becomes like a political argument, which is it. This is the thing we've talked about with with a lot of folks is that cannabis just unfortunately since it's a uh, politicians got involved at all it becomes inherently a political topic you know what i mean um that's why i just think it's i've always said i love this joke here you know and we can after that we can move on to another topic but like it's funny like when when you look at the law for legal cannabis in illinois let me see i just had it pulled up let me see it's um well crap i can't see how many pages it is but it's like probably hundreds of pages long right when it's like <laughs> when it's like okay like we're legalizing cannabis why can't it just say cannabis is legal like look i get consumer oh, right. safety protection regulations and all that stuff testing and everything else um i get trying to set up a, a like a system for that if there's going to be a commercial uh industry behind it but like with regard to all the the possession and cultivation like it should just be legal right like why are all why are there all these fucking rules but yeah like you, you could, say you could scroll it on the you could scroll it on the back of a, a cocktail napkin that's that's how much uh that's, you know, that's all you need text yeah. yeah text should be on the legislation it should be uh you know legal home grow legal you know distribution between people this amount you know maybe a square footage limit i don't know just leave yeah. that out maybe cross that one out and uh yeah i see what you're saying man i totally see what you're saying yeah. So yeah, it, it is what it is, but yeah, you, you brought up another subject that I think is, it's great. We've talked about it on our show and look, we've had some people that are like really gung ho and actually very like convincing. Like I'm pretty convinced that, that we need like more of a free market approach, but then there are other people that try to make the argument that a limited, but this is exactly what you described a limited market uh, inherently like inflates the value of a they're license the worst. right they're the worst i've seen them all i've been to these states the the two worst programs in the united states are new jersey and illinois uh now i am maybe i'm not quite up to date i haven't been to new york yet that one's real fresh well you know, I'll have yeah to come new york's check not that much out. different <laughs> well okay so you know different. i might i mean i might need to update that but point is i've been to the good ones too 
You know what yeah. I mean? I know what it looks like in Oklahoma. I've lived in Oregon. I grew professionally in California before they went wreck. Recreation destroyed California. I mean, now, it's, it's, it's crazy. Can I ask you this, though? Because you brought up uh, Oregon and Oklahoma, you know, and I've been, we ha- like I said, we have this conversation on the show all the time. Um, people people on in the sh- on the show in the past have said like have they they've used Oklahoma and Oregon as bad examples and i've always wondered cuz sure. there's a there's a vice interview actually with the i think i've said this probably three or four times on the show so folks sorry but he he's asked like you know do you regret having this like totally open market approach and he always he says like First of all, it's just my job to enforce the law. But if you're asking me my opinion, my opinion is that everybody knew what they were getting into. And, you know, yes, some people got hurt. And yes, there was a crash to the bottom, but at least everybody had a chance versus the limited market approach, which you're just inherently writing off people. You're you're giving people, you're not giving people a chance. And so in his eyes, it's like, give people a chance, you know, so I can speak to that for sure. Yeah, I I know exactly what you're saying. There is no perfect system, right? Uh, there is no system which, where nobody gets hurt. And you're absolutely right. right. Both systems produce problems. Uh, if you take a look at a place like Oklahoma, where it's so cheap to get started, you're going to see a glut in the market. You're going to see people rush there. You're going to see a lot of low quality product from inexperienced growers who can just afford to try their hand. Um, you're going to see crash in prices. You're going to see farmers struggle with, with, uh, with putting food on the table. This is all true. I'm not I'm not smart enough or or enough of an economist to break down why, you know, one side is better than the other, but I can tell you having been to both of the places and and experienced both of the cultures, it sucks when farmers are struggling with those low prices when those waves come, but the alternative is so much worse. The alternative is so much worse. It's what you have here. It's a monopoly full of bad cultivators that are putting out harmful synthetically fertilized, allegedly pesticide-laden product. Uh, at the worst, it's grown very poorly. And you can't even find organic flour in this state. This is the worst alternative. Um, it's so hard when that price crashes, but you got to pick, pick where your values lie. And Cole, my values lie with the patient. I know what it costs to produce cannabis. Cannabis is overpriced everywhere across the board. If we were all growing, if we were all growing, it would be virtually free. Does that mean that that puts those West Coast growers out of a job? I hope not. I hope there's room for everybody. But the most important thing to me is getting sick people this healing plant for what it costs to produce, plus a little bit more determined by the free market, just like every other product that we that we enjoy. That's my thing. Again, I'm not if, if an economist debated me, I'm sure they could pin me in a corner, but I like to operate on principle. And my principle is put the individual first, put the patient first and put the plant first. Yeah. And I have to say, I agree with everything you just said. Cause like when people in the past have been like, like they'll, they'll literally say something to the extent of this, like, Oh, have you seen like, like in Oregon, it went to $50 an ounce. It's like, good. That's what it should be. Right. I mean, and you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be 300 bucks an ounce. That's my initial reaction too. you know, Todd McCormick, who's just such a luminary old school cannabis veteran was on my show and he was talking about, he was comparing it to sunflowers 
and he was going, why is a pack of sunflower seeds any different price than a pack of cannabis seeds? Sunflowers are hard to grow. You should be able to go get a big cola for the same price that you pay for a sunflower. I thought it was a really apt comparison. Um, and that's, yeah. that's where I land every time, Cole. However, I also speak to some of these other growers like Queen of the Sun, who's been a West Coast grower for a long time. And like, I genuinely, my heart hurts for her. She's like, you know, it's $500 a pound right now. I was struggling when I was growing professionally at $2,000 a pound, less than 2000 was like, you know, this devastating drop for me. She's trying to operate at 500. She's talking about getting out of the game. Uh, there's no situation where nobody gets hurt. I think that's just life. I think that's just nature. Um, and I don't want to sound, seem like I'm discrediting those people's struggles. Cause again, some, some of those people are my close friends and it's like time marches on. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy, but it's true. Yeah. Well, in my thought too, like, I don't know, maybe I'm being too optimistic or something, but I just feel like there's still, there would still be room for like ultra premium product. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, totally. just like there's still room for like, you know, really good beer or spirits. You Any know what booze I mean? you can think of. I totally agree. I think there's room for everybody. I think if everybody was, if everybody who even had the remote, the most remote interest in growing cannabis as a houseplant was growing. I think that would, I think that would make it way more accessible. And I still think there would be room for crappy press Cresco pre-rolls plus some high quality West coast, you know, cannabis players. Is that like you said, optimism, blind optimism, naive optimism. I don't know. Um, but we smoke a lot of cannabis, man. Let's just get it all legal. And I think there would be room for everybody. Why not? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So, uh, tell me, man, like when did you just to totally, totally, unless you have anything else, uh, on kind of related to that subject or on that subject, I'm going to uh, totally switch topics. No, go anywhere, man. I'm, I'm an open book. We'll take it anywhere you want to go. Cool. When did you get into like doing media and stuff, man? You got a really cool setup. I love your show. Like how long you been at, uh, all of this and like, yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, my dad was friends with an audio engineer. I actually did a, a show with him briefly. The show is called The Riff. This is a podcast that doesn't exist anymore, all about audio production. So anyways, back when I was 13, this audio engineer was working with a guy who was liquidating his studio. And my dad bought me, uh, you know, I really owe a lot to my father where I am and, and, you know, the profession I chose and all this stuff. My dad bought me the Korg Triton, which is a synthesizer. I uh, got a really good deal on it. He bought me two uh, Rode NT2 microphones and a mixing board from the studio that was liquidating. That was when I was 13 years old. The Korg Triton is still, it's just to the left of me. I'm looking at it right now. Um, the two NT2s finally died like fucking 17 years later. Uh, and I still have the mixing board project mix over there too. So I was going to be a musician. I was convinced that I was going to be some sort of, you know, electronica star or something. Uh, that didn't happen, but it really paid off to know all that stuff when I started thinking about doing a podcast. So, um, started all the way back when I was 13, but I got into podcasts in my mid twenties and that's when I started to grow cast. Cool. And when, like, what kind of, when does that align? When, how long are you, have you been at this again? Remind me. Well, uh, I turned on the, well, it was funny because I got addicted to podcasts in like my early twenties and I was listening to them like crazy, like just to have something going in your ear while you're working. I was working on my house yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it really changed my world. Um, listening to Dan Carlin, hardcore history. Um, 
you know, different comedy podcasts or, or the big ones like Joe Rogan and stuff like that. So I got obsessed with podcasts and I was like, I have all the stuff to do my own podcast. Um, what am I going to podcast about? Well, I was growing professionally at the time and I was going over to Wolfman's house. This was in 2014, seven years ago. And where were you growing? I was growing in Humboldt County. At that point I was living in Eureka in the heart of Humboldt County, which is a, yeah, it's like kind of the cultivation epicenter of, of the country and kind of of the world. And it's beautiful up there. It is worth a trip to see the redwoods, to experience the, uh, the culture and the food. Absolutely incredible. So, so I was living there at the time with my co-host Wolfman and not living with him, but he was also in, in Humboldt County. And when we would hang out, we would always talk about growing. So I said, why don't we turn on the microphones and just sit and talk about growing? That was when Growcast was first born. Um, a lot of those episodes never saw the light of day. You can still find ones from like 2016, but officially we turned on the microphones in 2014, seven years ago. 2014. Wow. You've been doing it. You've been doing it since a little bit before podcasting was really cool. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, there were a lot of people doing it and stuff, but it's still it's growing. Really, yeah, yeah. It's still growing is my point. Yeah. You know, we you get silly podcasts like the Chillinois podcast starting and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> I like it, man. I, I see the traction you're getting. I appreciate when you shout us out. One of one of the uh, members at our recent show was like, "Oh, I heard you. I heard about you on the Chillinois podcast. You might you must have shouted out the show for for cultivation yeah. advice because he came over." And so I, I appreciated that for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I think it. Yeah, I did a read of one of your flyers or something. Whenever oh, cool, I see man. those events coming up, because it's just like whenever you know the COVID stuff happened, it, it, it coincided obviously with you know, the, the legalization quote unquote, um, in Illinois of cannabis. Uh, and, and with that though, there was like a deprivation of culture because everybody expected like, Hey, you know, Chicago, it's the third most populated city in the United States. It cannabis is already really ingrained in the culture. You know, it's Illinois. you know, we're going to, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a whole scene there. And of course, market aside, there was a pandemic. And so that kind of got in the way of that happening. And so whenever I saw that you guys started to do events again, I knew that people were just craving for intimacy, craving for knowledge, uh, especially, yeah. you know, with the, the ability to grow and the fact that you guys were sharing that information, I knew they were craving that connection, you know, meet fellow growers or as we call them grow And so, yeah, I, uh, yes. <laughs> Had to, uh, had to shout you out, man. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. The grow Migos. That's why I do the order of cultivation. Uh, really it's a place for positive growers to get together. I find that most positive, I'm sorry. I find that most cultivators are positive minded people. Um, there are some loud a-holes on the internet. We don't really need them in our, in our little program, but it's all about the intimacy. It's all about the grow Migos sharing successes, meeting up and all of that. Um, but as far as the classes, I did want to shout out Next Level Garden Supply in Rockford, Illinois, since this is the Illinois podcast. Um, there's there's a couple great hydro stores around the state, but they've just been so incredible. These are the most incredible people. If you if you want a good selection and you want to um, and you want to put your money somewhere where the people really deserve it, they're a family business, they're cultivators. Um, Hannah is just an absolute angel, and and her husband Tony is a master grower. He would hate to hear me say that, but it's true. Uh, and, and yeah, what they were doing is helping us put on the classes, but they were giving all the proceeds away to, uh, the animal shelter down there in Rockford. So we, we just absolutely love that and wanted to shout them out here on, on the Chillinois podcast. Yeah, very cool. Definitely deserve that shout out. That's good stuff. I've not been there before, but I'll have to check it, if, check it out if I'm up in that area. Um, 
So yeah, that's, that's super cool. Do you guys plan to continue to do, to do things like that? Yep. I know you said you're doing uh, some sort of event tomorrow night, um, the, fi- the 15th. Um, but do you have any upcoming ones that you're able to share? Sorry if I'm putting you on the spot right now, but do you have no, any no, upcoming so ones that you can yeah. share? I don't know when this will drop, but um, follow, follow Next Level Garden Supply if you are in Illinois for those classes. Um, I'm actually moving to Michigan, man. I'll, I'll shout it out on this podcast. Unfortunately, I'm leaving the great state of Chilinois, uh, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm like right across the border. So I'm still going to come back to Rockford once a month and do these classes. Uh, it's about a two and a half hour drive. I, I definitely drive longer for events. Um, but yeah, we have those coming up and then huge announcement should have dropped on my show. If I'm not too lazy, uh, the Growcast growers cup is going down in Southern Illinois, way down in Southern Illinois. This might be a little far for you, far, uh, for you, Chicago people, but you are going to want to keep an eye out for this Growcast growers cup. We're going to do a whole grow off. It's taking place at the hideaway, uh, indoor consumption, legal indoor consumption at this lounge. And we are going to be giving away trophies with people's names on it. We're going to do it every single year bring your homegrown we will celebrate and we will uh announce winners to the very talented Growcast cultivators uh in our audience man and it stuns me it stuns me cole when they show me pictures of their garden and they say i learned all this on Growcast," and i go really <laughs> come over and take care of my garden then man <laughs> oh yeah hell yeah i so wish where, my shit looked like that where is the the did you say the town name in southern illinois oh, i'm where sorry i'm sorry uh, the hideaway it's it is in harrisburg illinois and this is um 423 it's the first saturday after 420 this is the Growcast growers cup and it's taking place in harrisburg illinois uh 423 thank you for reminding me uh, quite high yeah for sure for sure um, and that's um, the hideaway if- yeah and if people are looking for information, it's not on the indoor gardening. Where can they find information on that online? If they're just like trying to like, I don't know, get something to save or do you give it like. Uh, green, our green list is the best way to keep up with everything we do. And you can even contact us by responding to it. Just go to growcastpodcast.com forward slash list. It's a free email list. We give away shit all the time. You could just win just for being on it. And most importantly, we say where we're going to be. So that's that's the place to go. Good shit. I'm glad I gave you an opportunity to plug that so that people can get I'm on that list. glad you reminded man. me, man, because I won't say it either. I'll just get high and say, great show and hop off. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, bro. For sure. Well, cool. You got you got some cool events coming up. Um, I'm sure that those are not only rewarding in terms of you being able to network with some cool people, but it's probably cool to see other people networking and learning oh, from yeah. each other and all that listen the local the local growers are my favorite to meet come on out if you've been thinking about growing um come and find us we will get you started uh, if you have been growing already we are here to broaden your horizons um you know new growers need to learn how to actually grow the dang thing keep it alive get a good harvest but we go so much deeper cole like we just got through crobevember <laughs> we called it crobevember it's all about microbes microbiology oh, okay and, and this is a month where I've learned so much. Like I learn every episode, people say stuff and, and I'll, I'll pick up new information and new knowledge. But when you dive into a subject, for instance, like microbiology, soil, soil microbes and uh, you know, beneficial bacteria and fungi and things of this nature, it is a whole universe unto itself. Like you really wouldn't believe it. So, so the two fronts that I'm really trying to tackle at once is bringing new people in who just need to learn how to grow the plant. And then also taking the people who maybe they're masters at this point, they've been growing for years, 
but still give them something to chew on, give them something to learn about, um, and, and a whole new, like I said, universe to explore and expand their knowledge. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I love, uh, the, the approach, man, the teach a man to fish approach. It's, it's, it's awesome. Oh, so I appreciate that. That's you know, we to put that. I'm going to take, yeah, that. well, I like that a lot. <laughs> well, we always say like, uh, the reason you don't see like, cause people ask us sometimes they're like, why aren't there seeds in stores? Or like, first of all, like the reason <laughs> there aren't seeds in stores is because it would just be not like, if you think about it business wise, the way they've got this market controlled, it would not be benefit like that would you got it that would you just got it not make Dis- business sense like dispensaries yeah one. dispensaries don't want you growing your own now it wasn't always like that i will say again maybe for for some people who are young or or only have been here in illinois and never experienced other markets it wasn't always like that you go into a dispensary in california you could pick up cuts back in like right. the early 2000s right out of the dispensary they'd be like they'd be affordable too they'd be like 40 bucks or whatever 35 bucks it, it would oftentimes be shit that you're smoking at the dispensary. So again, you go and you smoke the grape ape and you're like, damn, that grape ape is good. And then you see a grape ape cut up on the shelf in their clone section. That's like, ah, I love that. And I also think that even though it is kind of against their own interests, I would go to the dispensary more as a grower just to try different strains absolutely if i could buy the cuts on the spot right so and i would maybe say that would even out a little bit yeah and i always say any good grower shouldn't be threatened by a home grower so and like like you just yeah. said as a grower i would be in the dispensary more often if they had some genetics offered but hey when it comes down to it i've actually tried to make the case that it's a good thing that illinois law is not being enforced in this case because the way the illinois law the illinois law is written with regard to seeds is that Technically speaking, they can only be sold in dispensaries to medical cannabis patients, but that, of course, is not what's happening. What you'll find in Illinois is that you can find (laughs) seeds at any gross store. You can find them online anywhere, and it doesn't matter if you're a medical cannabis patient or not. You can buy the genetics, and I love that. So I'm actually – this is a – Good point. This is a instance in where I'm really happy that – First of all, they're kind of slack. I mean, I wish they were, honestly, I do wish they were offering seeds at the dispensary because it'd be cool to try out some stuff that they have, you know, like I'd love to try to grow some revolution genetics, for example, because they've got some impressive stuff. I got to give it to revolution and arise, I think. But even then, you know, like I want to see what I can do with their genetics because, um, yeah, Man, I've just never really had great. <laughs> that's so um, funny though. It's because I, 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 I would be doxing the person. I would be, I would be giving out their identity. If I told you which strains were from the member that I know, like those strains are for a lot of those strains are from legacy growers. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Where they have a cut that they've held onto for years, way before it was legal, you know, uh, uh, revolution isn't into breeding. This, these are cuts that came from legacy growers in the area illegally. And I would tell you which ones were which, but that if someone could, someone, if they worked there, that would be doxing. So I can't, Yeah. Uh, but just trust me. That's, that's really funny. You say that because a lot of those cuts are, are legacy cuts, West coast cuts, those sorts of things. But back to the uh, dispensary clones, if I could, just for a second, people might, yeah, find, for sure. people might find this interesting back when that was available in these different markets, you would buy a dispensary clone and you'd take it into your garden and you'd start growing it. And then you'd notice that like 
I don't know, a week later, like powdery mildew was all over right, your garden. Right. Yeah, they would have all this, they would have shit wrong with them, right? It's just like anything else. They were never perfect, but like they'd have a viroid and they'd have some sort of checkerboard variegation pattern. Uh, well, was, I mean, you just think you about it, like a dispensary and people come in, you know, they're talking, whatever, you know, yeah, so, yeah. totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got their dog. The dog is brushing his tail against the, yeah, that's how you get spider mites in your garden. So one thing you would always do is you'd get them from the dispo and you'd clean the hell out of them. You'd quarantine them. You'd do all that stuff. So pretty funny. Oh yeah. And I'm sure you've got a lot of little tips and stories just like that. I mean, just right there. I mean, most people don't think about the fact that like my girlfriend thought I was just being harsh, but I was like, Hey, the cats cannot be in the grow room. Like, Oh, absolutely. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. pets, even though they're great and that you might be able to train them to like stay away. And some people do like, some people just don't care and it's fine. But my thing is like, you're just increasing the likelihood that you're going to track in something by having, you know, just another living organism bringing things in. It's just a sheer matter of fact. Thousand percent. This was bad in Humboldt County when there was such a high population of growers. So there were certain pests that would really devastate cannabis crops and thrive in these towns where every third house was a fucking grow house. For instance, broad mites. Broad mites are, are a very, very harmful pest and they're microscopic. You can't see them with the naked eye like you can see a spider mite if you squint and look closely. But a broad mite will attach itself to uh, dreadlocks, for instance, or a shaggy dog tail or any of those things. And then you go to the hydro store and all these, all these gromies, all these crunchy gromies bring their dogs and right. they're all touching and petting. It, it, those are all vectors, as you say, opportunities for this pest or this infestation or whatever it may be to take hold in your garden. And, and that's a big one. Pets, clothes, especially when you're mingling with other growers, because yeah, if it's a cannabis aphid, that's a, that's a bad example because they're bigger, but you know what I'm saying? Like if it, if it devastates cannabis, it's going to be happy to hitch a ride and find its way into your garden. Absolutely. They're uh, tricky little buggers, you know? So, um, well, cool, man. I, uh, I hope that, you know, folks have something to look into. I'm always trying to point people in the direction of some great creators and Jordan, I think that you're, you're a great creator. Um, I like the content that you produce and, uh, Thank you, I'm really thankful for, for you setting aside your time, uh, to come on here. Um, remind folks it's the grow cast. You can find it basically wherever podcasts are streamed, Spotify, you got a website, remind them of what the website is. You got it. Yeah. Growcastpodcast.com. That has links to all the stuff like the green list. That's our mailing list to get on our membership program. If you want to come join the order, we're having fun over there. Uh, Growcast podcast available on Spotify, iTunes, all everywhere, everywhere you listen. I also have another show I would like to shout out here. This, there's one other show that I'm really deeply into right now, which is the Coffee Health and Science podcast. If you're interested in coffee, uh, another very powerful plant medicine, really up there. Those, those are the two that I'm interested in. Those are the two I consider the most powerful. And uh, you can find the Coffee Health and Science podcast on all those same platforms. And uh, again, we talk, we talk plant science, we talk health science, the history of coffee and, and much more. So check out Growcast, check out uh, Coffee Health and Science podcast. And thank you, Chillinois, for, for having me on. Yeah, Jordan. And uh, this is something that I used to make more of an effort to do in the past. Let's, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to make that effort now. Let's, what are you smoking on, my friend? Oh, nice. I am smoking on a uh, cut of Slurricane grown by an Aurora grower. 
Uh, Slurricane is purple punch crossed with dosy dough. It is a high potency cut. Um, now the interesting thing, do we have a couple more minutes? I'm about to oh, ramble. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, man. okay, I'm absolutely. just making sure because I'm about to ramble. Yeah, the, the point of the point of this is that we're like kind of winding down the show while we smoke. So I folks, gotcha, if you're listening, gotcha. break out your cannabis and smoke with us. You know? I like that. Yeah, I'll light it up. Yeah, and, keep um, telling us about the lineage. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, it's it's a very popular cut um, nationwide. It's it's dosi dough crossed with purple punch. Again, I don't know the male or the fe- I don't know which one's the mother or the father. I don't know which order that goes in, but. Two really great uh, polyhybrid crosses, just absolutely covered in frost. Now, the interesting thing about this cut, I don't know the number of the Fino either. This came out of Rizo Rich's garden. Now, shout out to Rizo Rich. He's an incredibly talented cultivator. He's the head breeder at uh, Growcast Seed Co. And he was the one who who introduced me to the Slurricane cut. So when he gave me the Slurricane, it was delicious. It tasted like Jolly Ranchers and gas, just straight up sweet and gas. But then get this, man, this again, this was really opening my eyes to microbiology. He gives that exact same cut, that exact same genotype, right? He took a cutting off of the plant. It's not a new pack of seed. It's not a new pack uh, from the same pack. Of, I'm sorry, I'm stoned. It's not a seed from the same pack. It's not a new pack of slurricane. It's the same plant cutting from the same plant. He gave it to, to another member who grew it in cocoa and a third member, which I'm smoking right now, which grew it in a different method. They all came out so wildly different. And again, that's because of the terroir. It's the, it's the soil it's grown in. It's the nutrients that are used. It's the air. It's the humidity. It's all of these things that play into the phenotype, not just the genotype. And man, they all tasted different. The cocoa grower, uh, his wasn't sweet. It had this earthiness to it. It was earth and gas. And then the one I'm smoking right now, was it, it didn't have the sweet either. It's like double gas. Again, the same exact cut grown in three different grows to have this much variation in the way that it looks and it tastes and it smells all a plus, but isn't that wild? How the little differences do they, they really do affect the end product. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. And like you I mean, yeah, the, the, the grow and the cure is, or sorry, the dry and the cure is the most important part, which is oftentimes why a lot of the dispensary bud is just not that way. Right. That's that's a really good point too, man. Um, That is, Aside from all the inputs and what you do after you cut the plant is maybe the most important thing. I, I might have to agree with you uh, on that statement. Um, and, and speaking of which, it gets so fucking dry here. My God, you end up with the bud that you squeeze it and it just bursts into keef uh, in the wintertime anyways. Um, it's just fascinating coming from somewhere like Humboldt where the humidity is even all year. So you get the same consistency of bud. Anyone who's grown their own in Chicago for more than a season realizes it cures totally different and it dries way faster in the winter when it's bone dry, low humidity. You know what I'm saying? Right. Crazy. Yeah. It's not, yeah. not an easy place to grow. It's well, I mean, I'm was just drying the other day. I actually had to have a humidifier running to kind yep. of put me up above, you know, you kind of want to, I don't know. I've read online. I know that that <laughs> growing uh sometimes people have different thoughts or whatever but i've read online you know like 55 60 rh and but then you keep it like as low temperature as possible you that know what ideal. i mean i would agree I, I heat is the enemy of terpenes you know the the volatile alcohol flavor compounds uh, and aroma compounds heat is the enemy and too much dryness is the enemy um, some people do a 60 60 now that's very wet 
you got to watch out for the mold if you're going to do that. Space them apart, get some airflow in there. But that's sixty yeah. percent RH, sixty degrees humidity. Uh, I'm sorry, sixty degrees Fahrenheit, which is hard to achieve with like an AC or something like that. I say, I kind of say what you say, which is fifty-five percent. You're doing great. That's that's a good little area. And if you can get it under seventy. I'm also happy. It's hard to get it down below like 68, even in a cold basement, unless you have AC. But if you can get it below 70, I'm I'm happy on that front too. So so yeah, that's that's my dry and cure method. Everybody has their own. I've had other people who say, I'm not wasting. I, I'm sorry, I'm not chancing, uh, wasting all of this hard work. I drop my RH to 45 or even 40. I want sure. no mold, and, and I respect that. But personally, I like that slow and low cure. I think it preserves those terpenes. And like you said, it's one of the many reasons why homegrown is better than dispo weed um, 99% of the time. Hell yeah. And uh, how do you like to consume your flower? What's your favorite way? Do you uh, like to I, joints or what? I smoke, I'll smoke just about everything you put in front of me. My, I think if you made me choose, joints are my are my favorite. I don't tend to invest in expensive glass because I'm scared that I will drop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I no, mean it. For sure. I really mean that, you know, I don't have a super nice bong. You, you might think, you know, the host of Growcast, you know, smoking a super like, no, I'm, I'm too scared. I'm going to knock it over. I've broken too many fine pieces. So I like to smoke. Uh, I like to smoke joints. I like to smoke live resin or preferably rosin vape pens fucking love that way to consume Hell yeah yeah maybe outside the casino about to play some poker sort of thing that's that's an ideal situation for jordan river and uh, i'm not i'm also not opposed to dabs i'll dab with a nectar collector every once in a while fuck yeah jordan sounds like we could get along man <laughs> yeah i mean sounds listen, like we could get along you bring something and we'll we'll fire it up that's that's what i'm thinking so cool yeah we'll make that happen one of these days we'll make that happen so well hey man it's been a pleasure chatting with you thank you so much for your time of course and uh thank you for introducing yourself to the audience of the chill my podcast folks i hope i gave you a creator that you can um look into and look forward to you know seeing their content because i do i learned i've learned a lot you know through that's the thing folks you got to just take as much information as you can in and um, Jordan's got a really good, uh, operation going together along with his friends. I know you mentioned Rizo Rich and others, uh, Rizo comments on my stuff from time to time. And this has been pretty helpful with, with some grows I've had in the past. So folks, yeah, connect yourself with, especially if you're a grower. I mean, if you're just trying to learn about the cannabis plant, this is a great podcast to listen to, but especially if you're a grower, this is a great way to, to hear other techniques and ways of doing things. Oh, and that's thanks, how you man. learn. I appreciate that. And yeah, like you said, you know, listen, uh, take what works for you. Everybody's garden is different. Like my co-host says, the best teachers are you and your plants. We firmly believe that. Um, we do a lot of work in regenerative agriculture, organic style, but we're open to everybody. If you're DWC, you know, deep water culture, if you're full-blown synthetic, running full power, advanced nutrients, whatever you're doing, we want to see you succeed. Um, so come check us out over at Growcast and the Order of Cultivation. Hell yeah. Well, folks, with that, we will see you next time on the Chillinois podcast.